0: Well, hello everybody. Uh, Welcome to Black Men Speak. Uh, It's a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Keith Dent. And on today's show, we're going to dive a little deeply into media uh, and this portrayal of black men and how there's one man out there that is trying to do something about it. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot. There are others out there, but by the way, the virtue of his, of his niche and what he is trying to create, I think um, it's something that we're talking about today and I'm excited to bring in um, Jermaine Hall. because He's the CEO of Level Man Incorporated. So it's a website that is dedicated to black men 30 and over. So you know I was intrigued being over 30. <laughs> I felt that I needed to delve into this site. He's really speaking to me. Um, Until there's a black men's website dedicated to men over 50, uh, this is the spot to go to. So um, you know, and so he offers a commentary on on race, uh, politics, culture, relationships, and self development. So what's great about Jermaine is that as transformational content executive, he's been he's been at this game a long time, and he's a digital publishing native um we're gonna dive deeply into you know what's kind of the content portrayal online for black men and why now it's so important to craft the right voice and vision for black men in the media so um let's bring them up jermaine uh how you doing brother welcome to the show
1: Keith, thank you for having me
0: yeah um, you know, it's great to, um, we were just chopping up before the show folks and another Jerseyite. So it's always great uh, to be on the show. So, um, you know, what is level man incorporated?
1: Um, level man is it's a, uh, it's a media brand dedicated to serving men, um, black men specifically 30, 30 and older you know, the reason I wanted to, to create the, the, the platform is because, you know, I, I like, I, I grew up like a huge fan, huge fan of GQ, like huge fan of, of Esquire and what have you, other, other, um, male focused brands. And, and what I, what I found is, um, you know, as I got, as I got older, as priorities sh- shifted and, you know, things that really mattered, mattered to you, started to shifted, shift it, shift, I couldn't find a space that like wholly catered catered to me anymore. So it's like, you know, I I always call black black men as it as it relates to digital media. We're like these digital nomads. We like go from like place to place to place to, place to get all the things um that that we need, but there's never like the one brand who who delivers everything everything that we that that we need. So 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 with level, I really wanted to dive into like three three main content buckets one was um, one was race and identity which is you know what you mentioned before and my my thinking there because this was before everything happened with George um, and Ahmad and and uh, Brianna I wanted to go out and get the best writers the best black writers in the country to come back to level and talk about race race and race and identity, like I felt like if we, if, if we nailed that, that, that piece, um, I th- I felt like that could really give us, give our, give our brand, like, like a face. The second content bucket, which is the, it, it's the one that's, that's, that's closest to, to my heart. It's the, um, it's, it's the life bucket. I, I, I call it generally. And within that, within that bucket, you know, we talk about sex and relationships. We talk about fatherhood, Um, we talk, we talk to men about, about how can they be the best husband that they can, that they could possibly be. We talk to them about financial literacy. Um, we talk to them about health and health and wellness. Um, and we absolutely talk to them about mental health. Um, that is, that's going to be a really big, um, initiative for us within, within that bucket. And, um, and then the third bucket, uh, which is, which is the cultural bucket, like that's, that's what I've done like most of my career, which is like whether it's been like at, at Vibe or 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 at BET um, or even, you know, even King speaking to speaking to talent, speaking to um, celebrities. But like what I what I didn't want to be was like, oh, like level is going to be like another stop for you to come come promote your book or like come promote your music or like come promote. Your, your 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 movie that's like there's so many places for you to go to do that what i wanted those people to do was to come back to level and like let's have like really nuanced conversations about things that really matter matter in the world and like frankly things that really matter to you outside of this product that you have that you have in that you have in market so you know the example that i always that i always give is um I remember Jeremy. Jeremy O'Harris was just about to release Slave Play um, when we were launching, which was 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeremy curated this this room of Black creators and editors. Like the entire audience was completely Black, um, mm. and watching this watching this play for the first time. And there's this there's this character in the play whose name is is Philip. And Philip is Philip is like this this really in a shell introverted black man who is married to this very dominating older white woman. Mm-hmm. And you know, as the play goes on the crowd start to take start to take they they start to take a, a a real liking to 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 Philip and like we're just like we start to root for Philip and we're like waiting for like Philip to finally find his voice and and say things and then when Philip finally speaks um what comes out of his mouth is when i walk into a room i don't think people see a black man i think they just see Philip and this, like, holy black crowd was just like, oh, my God, this is that's that's not what we wanted you to say. Like, that's, <laughs> wow. like because that's yeah. actually that's actually not true <laughs> um, at all. So what we got, we, we got Jeremy to write a piece for us for, for launch really around that character. Like, how did he go about developing that that character, which he you know, I, I think he, he wrote that play when he was in his last year. Of grad school at Yale, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, like those are those are the sort the, the kind of nuanced conversations that I'd I'd love to have in that culture bucket with with celebrity,
0: right? And so what I thought was interesting because normally when you have websites, they won't necessarily identify as specific of a demographic as you have. Um, so for example, it just would have been for black men and therefore, you know, whoever enjoys the content either clicks on it or reads it regularly, but you specifically used 30 and over was, why did you do that? And, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear why you decided to be so definitive and who the site was for.
1: Yeah, I wanted to I wanted it to be clear that we weren't going after like we weren't trying to like hit that 18 to 34 demographic on the nose, which is like what what most brands go after and you know and and like I said to me the white space that I saw for for this group was really was really 30, 30 and older. So I wanted I wanted to be super clear about who we were serving and why we were serving them. And then also be super clear about who we weren't serving. So, and that, and by by the way, that's like, that's not to say, like, if you're in your, if you're in your twenties, like you won't find anything on level that's of that's right. of interest, of interest to you. Cause you know, you might, you, you just might, um, you probably, you probably will actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was, I think it was really important for us to identify um, who our who our audience was, um, and then also, you know, frankly, when we tell our story to advertisers, when we go into um, when we go in front of clients, we want we want them to know like the people that we're addressing like they have a pretty substantial amount of disposable income, so they are a valuable audience, and they are they they do have a lot of spending power.
0: Right. I'm sure that I'm sure that helps because, you know, that I mean, and it's interesting. I, th- I thought it was quite fascinating because, of course, in that younger demographic, they probably don't read as much um, as far as especially longer articles. They're used to the hit it and quit it, TikTok or Instagram, right. uh, a Twitter whereby it's, you know, quick and whereby. Um, from what I've seen on the, on the website are very thought-provoking articles um, that you have to sit and think and and where it votes a response or a way that you may have to respond or at least share there was an article that I just saw um, I guess today was um, the whiteness of traffic and whereby uh, just the little traffic man is white and was that by design and I was like and it hit me. It's like, well, first of all, I was like, who would think about that? That was one. And two, <laughs> is, is that even possible that that was even a design? And, uh, you know, the article was very well done. But, you know, the younger said would be, well, who cares? Look, I mean, I'm going to walk across the street anyway. And, <laughs> you know, I don't, right. care, you know yeah. I don't care about this, you know, the traffic sign. I'm going to go when I want to go kind of thing.
1: Yeah, they're gonna—they're definitely gonna respond with it. It's not—I think the—it's not that deep commentary. Um, but you know, it's like the—the the brand and the site. There was a—there was really a reason why I thought Medium was the perfect place to incubate it, to to start it, because that platform is inherently for people who love to read, um, and people who are fine with paying five dollars a month. To read really thought-provoking um, pieces, pieces of content. Um, so, so, so I think the um, the following that we were able to cultivate, like while we were on Medium for you know since 2019, is you know it's it's the type of person who really and en- really enjoys reading lots and lots of lots of words. Like they're not. They're not intimidated by a thousand word story. They're not even intimidated by a 5,000 word story.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. I wanna go back a little bit, um, kinda I guess to 1998 when you started, I think I wanna make sure I got this right at Vibe. Were you there when you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so was that something that you um, out of college wanted to do? Was that what you set out to do while you're in college or was there something else? What drew you to that space?
1: Yeah, I majored I majored in um, journalism in both okay. both undergrad and, and and graduate school. okay grad school. Um, and I actually I, I interned at, at Vibe in 1997. In and man I just like I, I loved it. I loved it. it. It was my second internship. My first internship was with a newspaper, um, The Greenwich Times uh I interned in the sports department um and absolutely like just didn't you know didn't didn't love the experience there um but once i got to once i got to vibe i was just like yeah this like this is this is my tribe this is like this is really what i want to do for for the rest of my life you know luckily back then vibe had this had this rule where you could only intern for um for one semester and then and then you had to leave the program um, so i knew i had to try and find a loophole. So that first semester, I interned for the magazine. That second semester, I went down to um, it was called New Media. Actually, it wasn't even called .dot um, com or 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 um, digital. Um, wow. Went down to the to the New Media department, um, and this kid by the name of Larry Blackspot Hester, who was running the website at the time. Um, I was just like, you're black. They're about to kick me out. Can I, can I come um, intern for you for this for this second semester? And he was like, you know, he was like, absolutely. Um, so while while there, Black ended up moving on to Double XL to become music editor. And Black's boss, whose name was 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 Reggie Miller, like Reggie and I had really really developed um, a relationship, and you know. Reg was like, "Look, Black is leaving. I need someone to run, vibe.com for me. Would you be interested?" And I was like, Absol- "Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely." So that was my that was my wow. end to the um, to to the industry.
0: Wow. Okay. So with that, you've seen a uh, I guess the landscape of how Black men or you know Black people, but Black men specifically have been portrayed in the media or in digitally and otherwise. So, where have you seen a shift? Have you seen one? Because you know, you know, kind of in researching the story, uh, you know, today, you know, it's it's no surprise that we're really seen as aggressors, um, victims, um, whereby it it can kind of slant and not give us an overall uh, holistic view of what a black man is. So. Have you seen a kind of a shift from when you started to uh, the present day, as far as how we're portrayed digitally and otherwise?
1: Um, I like i I think that I think the the publications that wholly cater that wholly cater to us to to us, and by by us, I don't mean just only black black men, but I think just black black people as a whole. I think those publications have always done a really good job at painting a painting, the the whole picture of the whole picture of a, of a black man. Like, you know, the work that, the work that, that vibe has done through its entire existence. It's been so important to the culture, but it's also been so important to us as black people, I believe, especially, you know, especially when they like to like, like for for me, my my favorite stories to read in vibe weren't even necessarily like the stories around around music artists. Like I would love to to read about cultural events or like people who were like behind the scenes, specifically black men who were behind the scenes who were doing just amazing things. Like, you know, like Damon, like I I, I love that Damon John continues to get uplifted um in, in editorial because you know, I think he has a fantastic story. I think he paints a really, really positive image of black men and I'm happy to see that he's gone, he's now gone on to go beyond the black, you know, black media, like now he has general market media also covering him and also getting his stories out there. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad that they've chosen to, to amplify that black men, that that image versus versus only only the negative um
0: yeah cool that's awesome um and then i, I kind of read this you know it was from a article that you that was posted in the root and you you said and i quote a level is building an ecosystem for black men we delivered a space where the audience with tremendous disposal income and cultural currency can be seen the response from our audience required us to expand our offerings and build a larger universe for them to come together, let their guards down and share ideas. So I thought that was excellent quote. And, and I would really wanted to ask you is, why do you feel that's important right now in the year 2022? Um,
1: that's I love that question. Um, and there's, I'm gonna give a layered, layered response um, to it. So what we were seeing at, at, at medium is we were 70% of our traffic was, was coming from, from off platform. Right. Um, so what was happening.
0: And just not to cut you off, but, uh, just for any audience, what, what does that mean off platform? So,
1: so that means 70, 70 percent of our audience were not, were not media members. Oh, Um, okay. So they were coming. They were coming to level on Medium through a lot of sideways traffic. So whether that's like links, you know, that they see um, in their in their social in their social feeds, um, or what have you, but on on Medium you're only allowed to you're only allowed to read three stories a month before you before you hit a paywall, and unless you subscribe to Medium you have to wait you have to wait till the next month um, to be able to read another three stories so that's why like that's why it made all the sense for for us to to migrate to migrate off of off of medium and put all of that all of the content that that we were doing um in front of a paywall um have it be have it be accessible um to absolutely everybody the other thing the other thing we we noticed while we were on on, on Medium is that we would like, we would have a lot of our readers come to us and be like, you know, we love what you guys are doing. We love, we really, we really love the stories. What is the, in, what is the IRL experience that you can provide that, that brings us together? And, you know, I thought it was a great question. I think it's something that we wouldn't have been able to answer. When we were still on medium, but now that we're off, being able to really think about how we show up in experiential spaces and try to build a community for Black men um, is going to be really key to the business, um, but also I think really, really key for for our for our consumer. Um, Deb Lee does does this event called Leading Women's Defined. Um, and I don't know if you know, I don't know how much people know about it, but mm. um, es- essentially what Deb does is she, she scans many, many, many industries and she brings together the best and brightest from all those industries and puts them into one space. For a three-day weekend, where they really dive into into um, into classes that teach the entire group about things that they did not know before, and mm. give them a chance to network, and they celebrate the hell out of each other. Like it's just it's just a beautiful three-day weekend, and and I've always. I've always been of the mind, you know, especially when I was at BET. Like, what is what is the male version of of that event? I, like, I would I would love to be the person who creates the, the male version of that right. event, right?
0: Because I don't think there is one, is there? <laughs> that I know of. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's and that's a whole another conversation. I mean, and I agree with you. Um, you know, I've actually had some of those same thoughts um, and that's one of the reasons why, I mean, in the immediate that I created this platform because um, besides, um, you know, our, and then I'm sure our athletes um, that have that income get together can get together probably in a small group basis, but just to have that large group to kind of not only leverage their power, but just their intellect as well um, could be. Great and I'm sure also dangerous. We'd probably have to create some kind of secret password <laughs> to, to, to get to this event. But I do think that um, it is something that could be uh, fantastic. And so, and, and that kind of leads to my next question. Uh, you know, when talking about the site and, you know, only three article reading three articles before you hit a paywall, with so little time to grab the reader. You know, what makes, what makes level man stand out from any of the other kind of websites that kind of have similar platforms?
1: I think levels power level superpower is not being in the news cycle. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna caveat that by saying, you know, are we doing daily stories that are absolutely hitting the cycle? Yes the way we the way we do those stories though is we put them in the level voice and we we always make sure that there is a perspective that 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 rings through on those stories and like and that's fine those stories help help feed feed the beast help feed the machine but i think the superpower comes in the article that has nothing to do with the news cycle and it's just Holy, really interesting Hmm. um to read it's like it's it's giving it's giving the audience a nugget that they didn't even know that they needed so like for for instance here's a really good example um we did a story called the keeper the story was called the keeper of the biggie belt right and this story was around a group of source editors who were all tasked with making sure that the notorious big's long leather belt stayed hung up in one particular office so editors would editors would shift in and out of that office you know so like some like somebody who's associate music editor gets promoted to music editor, so they leave mm. the office. So the next person who comes in, you you are now the keeper of the Biggie belt, and you need to make sure that this belt never leaves the office. Um, and just you know, just just to give a little bit of background on like how the Biggie belt even came to be, um, Notorious B.I.G. was doing um, a fashion shoot. Uh, and he came to the source offices and he was wearing a really dilapidated black leather belt. And, you know, the staff was like, the staff was like making, making fun of him. They were like, yo, man, like, are you not getting paid enough at Bad Boy? Like, this belt looks awful. And I remember, I think Riggs, Riggs Morales, who's, who is now, a, you know, now a big time a- A&R over at, at, at Atlantic Records, um, Riggs was the keeper of the belt at the time. Like he was the one in, 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 the office. So, so big, big said, big was like, look, listen, I'm gonna hang this belt up and I'll be back. I'll be back to get it. Um, this was, this was in February. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously big, big passed in, in March and, you know, never, obviously was never, never came back to, wow. to get the belt. But it's like you know, it's like it's that kind of like surprise and delight story,
0: right? Um, right.
1: That I think that I think level really flourishes in in delivering.
0: Right, and most people wouldn't even know that story. No. Um, and it's no. quite fascinating because it it talks about, I mean, from a impact perspective that Big had, um, just by virtue of. The belt just staying there because he never returned, but his legacy lives on because his belt is in the in the office. That's quite intriguing, even though know, I didn't read it. i would assume that that's what the message <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to get along. But that's not something that is um, sexy to be covered uh, just on a, maybe a, one of a, the other sites because it doesn't really talk about the heart of his music, which is what most people want to talk about most of the time. Totally, totally. Yes, and knowing so. Uh, I guess in the articles, one of the things that I did notice uh, is that sports is noticeably absent from the site. Uh, so I know you were a college athlete, so was that by design?
1: Um, I think it, I think it is by design because I don't I just I frankly don't I, I think that sports will never be a topic that we can cover in a way that is competitive. With other brands um, mm. who who really do who really have sports at at, at the apex of what they do, um, I think where I think where we can impact as it comes comes to as it comes to sports is it has to be at the intersection of something like so if it's at the intersection of sports and race. Like, there's probably a story for us to do there and for us to be competitive there. Um, If we're doing, if we're being tasked to do a pro, just a regular profile on an artist, to me, like, to me, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense for level. And I feel like that's probably a waste of the reader's time because they can probably go somewhere else and, like, the job could be done a lot better. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But I, but in our, I guess in our, and I thought it was, it was very um, astute on your part because usually we as, um, we're per, I won't say portrayed, but we are seen as, I guess, me and most men probably in general sports, hounds. Um, that's kind of how, what defines us. There's a level of sports and entertainment where we're at the upper echelon and it's always easy to kind of talk about, Whereby the articles that you post, um, it gives a different, deeper perspective. It's like, hmm, it's like, oh, black men have these thoughts, thoughts around race. uh, Well, race, of course, but politics and then relationships. I do, I think I find just, um, and you, you referenced, um, you know, the slave play. Is that um, we, we are all different. We have different thoughts. I mean, not everybody is into sports, even though it may be assumed that we, we are. And then those other topics that whereby it's, they're so deep and thought provoking that it makes us um, seem more human, I guess, is a for lack right. of a better word. So I, I find it very, um, I guess, refreshing that you had, that you actually didn't have sports on the platform. So, yeah, that's, that's, but I wanted to ask that question to see where, what your thoughts were around it. That's, that's my view on that.
1: Yeah, I yeah, and it's not, you know, if I um, you know, if Maverick Carter came to us and he was like, "Hey, you know, really love what you're doing. We should do a piece." Like that, like that's a profile piece that that we would probably do because like, you know, even though Mav like Maverick is certainly well known and has certainly been contextualized um a lot. I think there's I think there's probably some angles that we can take. To make a Maverick Carter profile really, really interesting um, and different from the other things that that that, that he's done out out in in, in in the media space so far.
0: Right, right. I mean, and I know they try to to give the athletes a voice with the barbershop and things of you know that nature. So, um, but that's that's cool, and that it'd be great to see. It would be great to see a little bit more of that. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, even even and, and uh, I just want to drop drop this one one other thing too. Um, like when we when um, when we linked up with with Colin Kaepernick and we were really thinking of like you know what's the thing we could put out in in the world um, that could mean something for black men or cause conversation for um, just cause, cause conversation. In general, like s- sports, was like the last the last thing that anybody was 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 thinking of. Um, and then where we where we actually landed was um, the abolition for the people project, which was you know which was which was his idea. And mm-hmm. I, I, I thought it was pretty I thought it was br- pretty brilliant because he wanted to he was essentially ch- challenging um, our audience, and um, I think the public in general to imagine what the country could look like um if we if we did not have police how could we go about um policing ourselves if if police police officers were
0: no longer a thing wow oh yeah i have to catch that article that sounds pretty deep um a couple more things because you you talked about kind of talk about because i know relationships was um part of the was one of your platforms. And so one thing that was fascinating that I read about is that we can tend to, when you, the negative portrayals of women, uh, black women, and specifically on social media and what have you, can, can shape our view and how we view relationships. And so I wanted to bring this up because of course, you know, Kevin Samuel recently passed away and he kind of had a big a big um, movement around this black manosphere type thing and so right. but your your articles tend to be more you know positive. So have you seen um, as far as comments have you got comments from black women around the different articles and what have you know what has stood out from what you have seen?
1: So that love that question. Our, the the main columnist that we have working um, for us and writing for us was Elizabeth Overson. She does this column called 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 Dear Level, um, and we were very we were very intentional about not only using Elizabeth but making sure that the person who wrote the column was a female, um, was a was a was was a woman, and we the reason we wanted a woman to do the column is we wanted to hear, like I wanted to hear from them about what we could improve mm. on ourselves to be, to be better, you know, in relationship in in relationships, but, but also, but also sec, like sexually, I wanted to hear someone who could deliver nuanced, criticism to black men that wasn't going to come off like it wasn't going to come off preachy mm-hmm. um and i think elizabeth has done such a great job at 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 that cuz when i you know when i look at cuz she she does garner a lot of comments for for her stories and in addition to to seeing to seeing men either You know either challenging her her pov or just saying thank you like what you what you've just written out is a perspective that i haven't thought about um before and thank you for sharing but in the comments you will also you will also see thread around thread amongst amongst thread amongst thread of women also chiming in um and really, and really championing the take. Uh, and I, and like, I, I love that. I love that. Cause like, you know, like I said, the, the strategy was pretty intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it, it's been getting the results that that we, that we wanted.
0: Right. So do you think that a a man wouldn't have been able to do it or how would it have been? I think,
1: I think that's the, I think that's going to be the next step for us is it's going to be introducing, um, a man to come give to come give his his take on on sex and on on sex and relationships but you know it's you know i think kevin samuelson is probably not it's not probably it's it's not someone who who we would we would champion for that role um at all that's like that's That's not the type of individual that we want to be giving that type of advice. Um, But I do think we need we need we need to hear Mm -hmm. hear from a from a male a male perspective. Okay,
0: okay, Um, great. As a standalone site, it's been about three months. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, almost. almost And so,
0: and you don't necessarily pick articles from that particular period, but um, what articles? on the site that it, that have really impacted you
1: um the one the one that comes to mind immediately is we did a story on rashad west um who was the owner of a chinese a chinese restaurant called um the dragon walk um but when when everything went down with with George with George Floyd, um, if you if you remember, police officers were saying that he was not being cooperative when they were when they were trying to when they were trying to pin him down, and when they did right. pin him down, Right. Um, Rashad, based on how based on where Rashad's shop was positioned, he had footage. That actually showed that George was wholly compliant um, with what the police officers were asking. So Rashad leaked that that well, yeah. Rashad gave that, gave that footage to the Washington Post. And because that footage was out there, it was able to combat the narrative. That George that that George was not was not being com- compliant with the with, with the officers. That was that was an incredible find for for us because that you know that story ended up going going viral. Um, and again, as I as I mentioned at the top of the interview, you know it's it really nailing nailing stories as it relates to to race and identity like it's so critical for us to really kill those stories because I, I i think those are the types of stories that level you know starts to be notorious for but that yeah that's one that's one that that absolutely comes comes to mind
0: i mean and i didn't really know that um were there any negative and and you may not know this but I, I just felt compelled to ask was there any uh, blowback on him leaking that in this in the community for him?
1: I remember I'm trying to remember the story now because it's been so long since I've since I've since I've read it. Um I can't remember if he's if he got any any crazy threats. Um and he you know he had he had done, I think he had a, he had appeared on on CNN. I think he did a piece in in the Post. I, yeah, I can't remember if he oh, got any okay. any blowback. It was more
0: than that. just that. He did some other things, yeah, that kind of put him out in the open. So um, great. Um, so two more things, you know, and in, in this kind of goes to the deeper kind of portrayal. Oh, but I got the, I got one more story I got to oh, tell. Okay, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. We got we got, we got time. Go ahead. Um,
1: there is, there is, um, I mean, everyone knows, knows Frank, Frank Lucas. Um, uh, what, what, you know, what people don't know about Frank is like, he is not like, he's not the easiest person to, to, to deal with. And I knew, I knew the writer who had sat with Frank for over, over a year. She, she wrote his book. His biography. Um, her name is her name is A- Aaliyah S. King. Another another Jersey Jersey product. Phenomenal phenomenal writer. Uh, and I remember I remember that time when Aaliyah was was writing the book. Her and I would would deep would debrief every every Wednesday. Like she would just tell me, I was like, Yo, Aaliyah, how was your how was your Tuesday with with Frank this week? And then she would just tell me like all these all these stories and like how how this how he refused to like call her by by her name, how he was just in like like Frank was an absolute, absolute character. But Aaliyah wanted to Aaliyah, Aaliyah was like, you know, when Frank passed, um the family asked me to to come to the funeral, you know, and asked her, you know, if she could if She could say some words, and she was like, "You know, I like, I like," politely declined because I know that I wouldn't have anything positive to say. Mm-hmm. Um. So for us, Aaliyah wrote about her experience with Frank, and the title the title of the piece was um, it was something like, "You know, Frank Lucas." Told me never to forgive, so I never, so I never forgave him. Wow. It's a, it's like, it's a, it's just a beautiful piece of writing, um, and I think, I think really humanizes this, this gangster, this gangster figure who was making, you know, millions and millions of dollars, um, selling heroin. You know his his lore is is out, out, outrageous, but I, I think the way Aaliyah was able to portray him in at at at, at an advanced age, an older, weaker Frank Lucas, I just did I think She did an an incredible job with that.
0: Wow, that's great. Um, so yeah, what what I wanted to ask is in improving in improving media relations. It was stated that communicators need to continue to work to create a fuller and more accurate portrayal of black males in the media through education and external pressure, as well as working to embed more African-Americans in all links in the media production chain. I know it's pretty loaded, but um, do you agree with that? And if so, are we moving more to that?
1: yeah i i wholly i wholly agree with that um i think we need i think we need to champion the black men i mean similar to like what what your platform is 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 doing really focusing on black men doing positive things um i think general market media as 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 a whole should also commit to doing that and i don't I don't I don't see that. I still don't see it enough. I think the problem that we have now even even more than than we had um in the past is we had we had a lot of black publications um who could cover our wins. But a lot of those publications are dead now and are no longer in existence. So there's a smaller pool of media who could even champion our stories. Mm. So that's why I say I think general market needs to actually step up even more um, and make sure that the positive Black stories specifically around Black men get told. Now, if you look at, you know, The Hollywood Reporter, the person who is who is leading that brand is a black woman, Nikasa. And like that's that's powerful, right? But mm-hmm. like right. for every one Nikesa who is leading that type of powerful general market brand that has incredible reach, there's probably twenty other like leads at other brands who who are white. So, you know, all wins are few and far between. Uh, you know, it's like, it's it's become so cliche to say that, you know, we really need to see more black people atop the masthead um, at, at these editorial organizations, but it's true. Like the more we rise in 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 those ranks the more we can the more we can fight for our positive stories to be told
0: great i i truly truly agree and i think also by championing your site and, and just getting it out more where people that there are those people who want to read and they want to delve into different stories and i think your your website uh does just that so um for Last thing but and then I'll ask Clo, with my closing question, how what is the uh, actual URL so people can get on to the site and start to um, read some of those fascinating stories?
1: Oh yeah, it is um, it is levelman.com l e v e l m a n ncom uh, com, and then um, you can follow us um, on the, show, the socials at level levelmag at levelmag.
0: Okay, great. Um, so the last thing, um, one of the things I know that we, especially if you're, you're trying to um, shed light into the world, it's a grind. And so we, we don't always um, take time to think about uh, our accomplishments or what we're doing or how we're feeling. We just keep going. So one of the questions I always like to end with is just more towards you. Um, and as a black man, you know, how, are, how are you feeling? As a black man,
1: oh, how am I feeling personally? <laughs> or, yeah,
0: per- yeah, yeah, personally, or just as far as where we're heading in the world, you know, just whatever comes to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, personally, I I feel um, I feel exhausted and excited at the same time. Uh, ex- exhausted, exhausted, because um, it is really difficult to be an entrepreneur and to grow, to grow a brand um, from scratch. Uh, It's a lot of work. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, You sort of have to do, you sort of have to be able to do all the things, but at the same time, trust people to do the work that you're hiring them for. So that part, extremely exhausting. Um, The excited piece of it is, um, you know, I really believe in this mission. Um, And I love that we are a mission-driven brand, really trying to make Black men like I wanna make black men better tomorrow than they are today. Like I want you to come in, I want you to read an article, left with, you know, a, an article on Level, I want you to leave smarter, be more in the know. Um, and, and if I can give you that experience, if you can trust me to give you that experience um, on online, on the dot com, then I also want you to come to our events down 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 the line and hopefully I can give you the same experience you know really focus on the tenets of learning and leisure yeah that's what that's what gets me excited
0: well that's great I think um as long as you keep moving forward and finding and because I know it it's great to find those stories too and when they go up on the side you're like oh this because you have to entrust yourself to other writers, you're not—you can't do all of it. And so when totally. those writers nail that story, that oh yeah, this is the why you created this platform. Um, it'll all—it'll all start to come together. And I think we—we we as men now have a consciousness that we want to level up, so to speak. We want to be seen as that level man, not just that man. So Absolutely. I applaud you for what you're doing. Thank you,
1: Keith. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and, you know, let's stay in touch. And as you continue to grow, you know, we'll definitely try to have you on again. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jermaine, for being on the show. And if you get a chance, check out his wonderful website, Level Man. You will truly be enlightened by his thought-provoking articles and, if nothing else, challenge to live better, and love better. In fact, be that level man we all should strive to be. Black Men Speak was written, produced, and edited by me, Keith Dent. You can catch previous episodes wherever you get your favorite podcasts. As you know, we always like to end with a quote and this one comes from W.E.B. Du Bois, The The Negro Problem, and it states, The Negro race, like all races, is going to be saved by its exceptional men. The problem of education, then, among Negroes must first of all deal with the talented tenth. It is the problem of developing the best of this race in that they may guide the mass away from the contamination and death of the worst. In their own and other races. This is Keith Dent from Black Men Speak. Peace.